Do you feel alone? Even your mama doesn't love you. Do you think you're weird? A bowling ball shouldn't be able to fit in there. Do you have a secret? I bet it's big. True Me with Kevin and Farah. Driven by secrets, fueled by shame. So like I was like scrolling through the Apple store. Yeah. And I found this really strange app. It sounds like a dating app for firemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Burned. That sounds super hot, by the way. I know. I I'm already imagining it. like just dripping oil and water. And, and then just... he's like climbing through my window. Ma'am, I heard there's a fire in your room. And I'm I like, know. it's just in my pants. I don't know Ooh. why, but I thought climbing down a shoot. I was like, oh wait, not Santa. But <laughs> firemen. My England, very bad. Every time I come back from Ipoh, I feel like I don't speak English. Oh, well, even when you're here and you don't go back to Ipoh, my English you still is still don't horrible. Speak English. Yeah, so yeah. thank you, Farah. This is why we're friends. Love you. But tell me more about this burnt app because I just downloaded it onto my phone and uh-huh. I realized that there are things that like, you know, ask you to fill them, uh, fill in questionnaires like risk assessments, do I need PEP, testing records and uh, reminding you to like get checked and uh, get tested. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's sort of like an app that helps you assess your risk for HIV. But you know what I mean? Like I don't know shit. We could be wrong. We could be a hundred percent wrong. So who could who could tell us who more? Could about tell us more. Let us think. What about that dude we met outside with the suit? How about that? Oh yeah, the one he with the beige like, suit. He looks knowledgeable. You know what I like about a guy it's when I see knowledge. him on the side of the road is <laughs> his knowledge. Yeah, like this guy, I can see the outline of his knowledge yeah, from right here. I can smell it. <laughs> his knowledge is filling up my nose and my lungs. Yes! And he's here and his name is Ashra! <laughs> Do you like that introduction, darling? That was a very interesting <laughs> introduction. So Ashra is the founder of the app called Burned, yes. right? Yay. And it's not a dating app for firemen. Nope, it's not a dating app for firemen. And if there's a fire in your house, don't call it. <laughs> but if there's a fire down in your, your pants... We are the one to call. Oh, wow. Tell us more about the app now because there is a fire in my crotch all the time. But I need to know like what kind of fire it is and how I could put it out. <laughs> okay, so technically the app is uh, something that is created mainly to help people take charge of their sexual health. Because this is something that has been um, increasing all around the world, everywhere in terms of even in the United States, as of last year, saw the highest peak in the number of STDs. Oh, wow. And so this app is actually a response to the increase in the number of STDs and the trends of HIV all around the world. So I created this app because most of the time, if you see when you try to find out your risk of HIV, it is very subjective. It is affected by the biases that you may have, the prejudice that you may have. It is affected by the culture and society you grew in. So if you go and get tested in a conservative country, let's just throw it out, maybe somewhere in the Middle East. Mm. Let's say you're going to go and get tested in Tunisia, okay. for example. Anything you do is deemed as high risk. Yeah. And so this will actually deter people from wanting to go and get tested because here the, a person will think that I'm practicing all the proper safer sex practices, mm-hmm. right? But you keep getting told that you're high risk of HIV. And so this will then make people not want to go and get 
tested anymore. Funny, the trail of thought goes to not wanting to go get tested instead of I'm going to have safer sex or I'm going to get tested more regularly. Yeah. So you're saying that cultures might be a deterrent for people to go get tested, like depending on the location, the geographical location that they're in. Oh, yes. Culture and the, the society that you live in will actually affect whether you go and get tested. Your reception of getting tested is affected by that. We have to go back into history. In the 1980s, patient zero was first detected with HIV. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that individual could have either been gay or bisexual. Mm-hmm. And it was then spread and found among gay men. Mm. And after that, it was known as gay-related immunodeficiency. Yeah. GRID. Mm-hmm. While science has shown that it's not just solely in the LGBT community, anyone can get it. Those policies that were set at that point in time has ramifications until today. Yeah. Oh, so what you're saying is because of the idea that if you get tested, that might imply that you're gay. And in certain places, I mean, a lot of places that's frowned upon. So you don't get tested so because you, of that. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want to get tested because it's very simple. If you go somewhere and you know you're going to be judged, mm. mm-hmm. you know you're going to be judged for who you are and what you do, will you keep going there? Exactly. Mm. Now, so how does your app sort of factor into this whole situation? So the app actually uses algorithms that are derived from evidence-based research, from years and years of evidence-based research to actually give you an objective risk. So it takes into account very, very minute details. For example, if let's say you are using condoms only 50% of the time or if you're using it less than 50% of the time, it takes into account whether you know for certain your partner's HIV status. Mm. And then the algorithm will play itself out to detect your risk of HIV, of getting HIV. Is it just HIV or any other kinds of STIs? And also STDs. So we will run through easy questions for you to actually do self-checking. And then we will give you your risk of getting that particular STD. Ah. Give me some of the questions that you have on the app. Do you say, do you like, you know, are you aware of your partner's sexual health? Yeah, so like for example, in terms of, uh, in the question itself, we ask not just about your sexual health, but we ask, do you know for certain if your partner is HIV positive or not? Mm -hmm. And then we break it down further. If you know for certain that your partner is uh, HIV positive, is your partner on treatment? Mm. Yeah. Because... The idea that people must have is that everyone is HIV positive until proven otherwise. Yeah. Because if so you, that's the right mindset. That's to an go interesting right mindset. mindset, though. Yeah. That's a guilty before being innocent. Yeah. No, but that's what I think when I go out on dates. You know, because just because you want to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, but like, see, that's I'm not- so sorry to say this, but a lot of times. Oh, I have to tell this story now uh, before we go for a short <laughs> break. Uh, I think last week uh, I met a guy, and he said to me, "He said, oh, do you want to come over?'" And it was like a day before Valentine's Day. It was a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, "I'm really lonely. Maybe I should." I said, "Do you want me to get condoms?" And he said, "I don't do condoms." Then I don't do you, bitch. And then I said, uh, like, when's the last time you got tested? Because, you know, we you, we need to get tested. And yeah. also because I've got condoms really just downstairs. I can just go and get it really quickly. And he blocked me on Grinder. So you sort of just assume that everybody might have something until they get tested regularly. And is that the idea for the app that you want to encourage people to get tested and also guide them through regular testing and being on their meds? Yes, so what I want them to do is I want to create safe spaces for people to go and get tested where you don't feel you're discriminated against. So if you're LGBTQ, you need to go to an LGBT-friendly clinic for you to feel safe, for you to feel heard, for you to be able to tell the healthcare provider that yes, I do anal sex, I do this, I do that, right? So 
once we already know your risk, let's say you are high risk, then you can actually take steps to reduce that risk. Because the the idea of safer sex is that it's not one size fits all. Yeah. So safer sex, and, and I don't like using the term safe sex because every sexual act has got a risk attached to it. Yeah. So yeah, one of your questions on the uh, survey has like, when's the last time you gave a blowjob or like in the last six months or something? Yeah. 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 You know what? I think we need to go through this app real quick and then we're going to have to come back and ask you a whole lot more questions, I think. Farah, I'm going through this app right now and there are a couple of things I don't understand. For example, how is it that this app is determining whether I'm high risk or low risk? Exactly. You mentioned an algorithm, but how does it work? As a user, how does this function? Okay, so there's two ways to look at it. One is from the user's perspective and one is from the the app's perspective per se. So on the user's end, what it will do is that it will ask you a series of questions. Very pointed, very direct questions to figure out what your risk is. And this is the point that when I talk about the app, is that it is completely confidential. So we are not looking into what your risk is or what your answers are because we are not interested in those kind of stuff. You don't actually ask people to fill in their emails or phone numbers. No, we don't want any personal identifying information. So there's no risk of this information being leaked. Oh, that's fantastic. So anybody, even like high school kids, can, you know, learn through sex education through the app because they can take tests. I mean, take this risk assessment test anytime they want. Anytime they want. We don't take your age. We don't take your name. We don't take your email. We don't take your Facebook. Nothing. Mm -hmm. No personal identifying information. The only information that I get back on my end is your location so that my service can then find the perfect fit for you in terms of the healthcare provider. Mm. That's great. It's like a BuzzFeed quiz for mm. yeah. like STD centers. <laughs> it's STD like a personality centers. test yeah. except it's a personality you for your bits. A, a, yes. a, answer a bunch of questions like uh, your penis needs this right now. <laughs> go, to this, go to this clinic yes. in Bukit Bintang and like what can you do? You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so once you fill up the form and you answer the questions, how many questions are there roughly? There are about 15 questions. Okay. Okay, so because the questions go into detail into asking about Things like oral sex, um, anal sex, protected in, sex. In terms of protected sex, whether you have engaged in any sex workers or any money boys mm. or anything like that, it goes into detail to figure out your risk. How the algorithm was actually developed on my end was actually to condense approximately a decade's worth of evidence-based research, condense it, and to figure out what is the percentage of risk if you engage in this particular type of sexual practices mm. to then create the algorithm. So the algorithm is very sensitive to whatever information you put in. The moment you change your information, the algorithm will recalculate to see whether you are high risk, low risk, medium risk. Okay. So once you get your results and it says you're a certain level of risk, right? What happens next? Okay. So then what happens next is that we then direct you to a healthcare provider which is closest to you. Mm-hmm. So this will then be based on your age, and your sexual orientation or gender identity. So if they put there, I'm a girl and I like women, and the last time I did this was this time, and you deem them high risk, you're going to send them to a LGBT-friendly clinic? Yes. Okay. Even Not though, send them even though. I'll just, just suggest them yeah. to go there. Yeah, even though women who like women, uh, lesbian sex is considered as very low risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but low but risk is not zero it's risk. It's not exactly. zero risk. Yeah. So that's why I don't like the term safe sex. Mm-hmm. When people talk about safe sex, there's no such thing as zero risk of getting HIV or zero risk of getting STD. Everything carries a risk. It's just whether you want to take that risk or not. Yeah. I have a question. Um, because this form, does it also sort of include people who are intervening? 
Venus drug users as well? Yes, it does. It does. Okay, it does. Great. So it will also ask whether you have had recently a blood transfusion. In terms of intravenous uh, drug use, we also discern and ask whether did you share needles or did you use your own needles? Mm. Because the issue arises when you, about in terms of HIV risk is when you share needles with people. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So is this app available in Bahasa Malaysia? No, we have not gotten the language translations done yet. We have actually gotten quite a lot of requests, even from uh, the UAE who wanted an Arabic translation. Mm. So, I'm yeah. trying for to you, work because it. obviously this is something very important for you. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you've been working with HIV communities since five six years ago. Yeah, from five six years ago, and yeah, but the, wait, this app is exists in a lot of different countries. It's not just here. Where is this app available? This app is available in fifty one different countries. Holy crap! Yeah, Good but f- congratulations, and you're yes. Malaysian, and yeah. you're Malaysian, and you're doing so much. Malaysia Bole, we are so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But because I also have the largest network, so my network goes into sixty five different countries. Wow. So while the app is only available in 51 countries, if you travel to any of the 65 countries that the app is available, information is at your fingertips. So when the app reads your GPS location, it's able to tell you if you need, for example, things like PEP or you need to have something looked at, yeah. you can find out which is the nearest clinic or which clinic is the best fit for you. Yes, and also if let's say there are no clinics available near you, a pop-up will come up saying that, if there are no clinics available, send us a screenshot and we will contact the nearest community-based organization to find you a testing site. Your team is going to find out for them, for them. where so, to get help. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just going back to quickly what Kevin said. He said PEP earlier. Could you tell me a little bit about what PEP is? Okay, so PEP is... What it stands for is post-exposure prophylaxis. Mm-hmm. It's something that you take after you've been exposed to HIV. Yeah. It has to be taken within a specific time frame and this is the downside of PEP is that you need to take it within 72 hours. There have been studies which suggest that less than 24 hours have shown better outcomes that you end up being HIV negative after that. Mm -hmm. So within this app, we will check your eligibility to access PEP. That means we'll ask whether you have passed the time frame. We'll ask questions whether, what do you mean by you've been exposed to HIV? Uh, Is PEP readily available in Malaysia? No, that is the thing. In a lot of countries, PEP is very, very limited. So, if you, in Malaysia, within KL, only several hospitals actually carry PEP and have got protocols on what to do if it is a sexual exposure mm-hmm. and you need PEP. Mm-hmm. So, as one user actually emailed me and told me, the app is unlike social media where you use it every day. But the one time you need it, it's going to save your life. It's going to be the difference between whether you're HIV positive or HIV negative. Wow, that's mm-hmm. yeah. that's some deep shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> legit. So I'm giving you everything on a silver platter. We are doing all the work on our end. It's just that it is wrapped around a 790 price tag. Yeah, but 790 um, according to, to your website, profits go to anonymous testing, correct? Yes, yeah, so what happens is that once we get the profits, at least at the very minimum, 50 to 60% of the profits will then be used to fund anonymous testing, not only in Malaysia, but in any other country that have contacted us and requires funding for free anonymous testing. That's brilliant. That is amazing. Now, but, this app is called Burned, by mm-hmm. the way. So B-U-R-N-D. Mm-hmm. That's how you spell it. Uh, but Farah? there's one feature that we sort of missed here because looking at this app right now, rape protocol... Yes, so and, like she doesn't understand that. I don't understand the pause corner. Okay, so you gotta explain. So which one do you these. want me to go first? Let's do rape protocol. Let's okay. do. Rape let's first. not do rape, but let's, let's talk do, about rape. Let's protocol. talk about rape first. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so initially the rape protocol was not supposed to be in the app because the app is very much focusing on sexual health, mm-hmm. and rape does not 
really fit into sexual health. But I was very moved by the whole Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And when the Me Too movement came out, I started doing a lot of research to find out about rape statistics and about access to treatment. Because while rape is not a sexual health issue, you can get a lot of sexual health diseases exactly. from rape. When I did that, I found out for, according to... In, in the US, the statistics say that every 98 seconds, one individual is sexually assaulted. Okay, mm-hmm. that's every 98 seconds. It's less than two minutes. But only 17% of hospitals are equipped to handle rape. This is in the US. We're And not even talking US. about Malaysia. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of the rape protocol, we give you step-by-step evidence-based guidelines on what to do post-sexual assault or rape. And then we direct you to only hospitals or facilities that cater to rape victims. That means they have a specialized team. They have got psychologists on standby. They're able to do a rape kit. A forensic nurse has to be there. So those are the things. And we also try to promote the idea that if you have been raped or sexually assaulted, you should make a police report. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I understand that it is something that is very difficult because not only women get uh, raped, yeah. men, children also get raped. And it is our duty, if someone has been raped, one of your duties is to prevent it from happening to someone else. Mm-hmm. Perfection. So yeah. that is why we tell people, if you have been raped, I know it takes a lot of courage, but make that police report mm-hmm. because you never know whose life you're going to be saving. Mm. That's 100% true. Yeah. And uh, I'm so sorry because we're running out of time. So I have to ask you <laughs> to tell me more about this pause corner thing. Really okay. quickly. <laughs> okay, so the pause corner thing is specific for HIV positive individuals. Okay. So as we know that HIV medication needs to be taken daily to enable for full viral suppression, you need to take it daily. So in this pause corner, we set uh, reminders. We help you set reminders so that you remember to take your medication daily and on time. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite end of that portion, we help you to monitor your viral load and CD4 count. Mm. Because what oh. we want is that your viral load should come down to an undetectable level. Because as latest research has shown, when you're undetectable, you cannot transmit HIV. Oh, wow. And yeah. that's why you should be regularly taking that's your medication. That's why you should be wow. taking your medication daily because this new concept that is trying to be pushed by the UN AIDS and everyone is that Undetectable equals untransmittable. Oh, fantastic. So the moment you reach an undetectable viral load, you can have a child who is HIV negative. Your spouse will be HIV negative because you cannot transmit mm. the virus. And so we try to support them through that process and help them keep track of their... Mm. Is this a popular opinion? Unable to transmit? It, it is a popular opinion and it is slowly coming up because the research has just been uh, several years Uh, in the making uh, It's now being pushed Very much in the US And in the UK And in Canada In Ireland Malaysia We are still not Pushing that idea Much yet mm-hmm. But in the UN AIDS has backed it And so the UN AIDS Is also uh, pushing it Okay That's fantastic So once again The app is B-U-R-N-D D. You can get it In the Apple Store yeah. Or the If you can pay $24.99 For Grindr Every three months You can pay <laughs> A one time fee Of seven ringgit And 90 cents Exactly If you can pay 25 ringgit For a pint of beer You can yeah. buy the app That's true So go download the app It's available on iOS As well as the Android Play Store mm-hmm. And uh, Ashraf Thank you so much For joining us today Thank you for having me We've got so many questions To ask him And we were running So short on time Because I think uh, Being aware Of all these 
issues is not particularly my strong suit, I would say. I'm not sure about you, Farah, but I'm not like... But the idea is like, I know that we can't cover everything today. I know yeah. we can't cover everything in all our podcasts. But what you can do is go online. Go get yourself educated. Um, you know that name of this app. Go read up on that. Just go educate yourself. Go get sexually aware. The next time we talk to you, let's touch on sexual education a little bit. But for now, thank you for joining us, Ash. Thank you for having me. Thanks!